This is my favorite story in the Bible. Verse 21. And when Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered about him, and he was beside the sea. Then came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and seeing him, he fell at his feet and begged him, saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come, lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and live. And he went with him. And the great crowd followed him and thronged about him. And there was a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years and who had suffered much under many physicians and had spent all she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garments. For she said, if I touch his garments, I shall be made well. And immediately the hemorrhage ceased, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And Jesus, perceiving in himself that power had gone forth from him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, Who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing around you, and yet you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had been done to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. While he was saying this, there came from the ruler's house some who said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? But ignoring what they said, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not fear, only believe. And he allowed no one to follow him except Peter and James and John. And when they came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, he saw a tumult and people weeping and wailing loudly. And when he had entered, he said to them, why do you make a tumult and weep? The child is not dead, but only sleeping. And they laughed at him. But he put them all outside and took the child's father and the mother and those who were with him. And they went inside where the child was. Taking her by the hand, he said to her, Talitha kumi, which means, little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately the girl got up and walked, for she was 12 years old. And immediately they were overcome with amazement. And he strictly charged them that no one should know this and told them to give her something to eat. That's one of the stories that's repeated three times in the Gospels in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And I believe the original version is in Mark, the first one that the others refer to, for a couple reasons. One is that Mark was uh, the traveling companion of Peter. And, and, and this is the most detailed version of this story. And Peter says, it says here that Peter was an eyewitness to what was going on. <clears throat> but I find this story, this, this woman who touches the hem of Jesus' garment, 
Um, it is, it's my favorite story in the Bible, and I've spent a lot of time pondering it in the larger context, because you never can understand these stories unless you understand the context. We forget that. Sometimes we just take things out of and grab it, you know. I've heard so many stories about Jesus felt the power going out of him. I like in the King James, it says, he felt virtue flowing out of him. Um, <clears throat> there's so many great phrases there. The other one is, she suffered at the hands of many physicians. You know, I know in the ministry of healing and prayer, you meet many people who have suffered at the hands of many physicians and healing ministries and and psychiatrists and and uh, um, and it's amazing how Jesus and touch from Jesus can make all that right. But this story is really fascinating because it's in a larger context. It says at the beginning that he crossed over again on the boat. What Jesus was doing was he was escaping the crowds. He had been on the other side of the boat, of the of the of the lake. Um, in, in Israel, it's the Canaan, and it's the Sea of Galilee. And uh, um, he, he got on the boat, and you know what happens when he, get, he gets into this escape mode? He goes in, and he gets into a storm, and that's the storm that he calms. So he goes from escape to storm, and he lands on the other side, into pagan territory. And what does he do? He runs into this crazy guy running around naked in a graveyard, breaking chains, eating bugs, you know, rats, who knows, crazies. So he, so he goes from one crazy thing to another. And so after that guy, he gets back in the boat and he goes back along to the other side. But it's a really interesting story because Jesus is actually taking territory. <coughs> This is the first time in Jesus' ministry where he's making a frontal assault. And he's going out from the Jews, and he's going into pagan territory for the first time. And so that's where the storm is. The storm is a, what we have here are three stories of Jesus encountering uh, uh, the spiritual realm. And, and you're like, well, wh what do you mean? The story, all the commentaries note two things about this woman who touches the hem of Jesus' garment. The first is that it's an interruption. This is not a standalone story. It's, never a, it's not a standalone event. Jesus was on his way to something else. And we're in the territory. You know, Jesus, we, you, you may not know this, but Jesus was li lived in a border town. He, was, he grew up on the border between the pagan territory and the Jewish territory. The Romans had created one area that they called Palestine, but it was. Jesus was on the edge of the Jewish territory. There are some scholars who believe that Jesus' first language was Greek, and there's a really good argument for that because his father was a businessman on a trade route, and he couldn't do his work unless he spoke Greek. And so, um, you know, that's why we don't have a he there isn't a Hebrew or Aramaic original of the of the New Testament. If somebody tells you that, they're not telling you the truth, because there isn't. There's a Greek. Jesus spoke Greek, and 
the Bible that they quote is the Greek Bible. And uh, um, so Jesus is in this border town, and here we got Jairus and his daughter. She's dying, and she's 12 years old. And this is the interesting thing. There's two 12s. There's a woman who's been bleeding for 12 years. And someone, when you look at the larger context, Jesus has three confrontations with the spiritual realm. Jesus touches this woman. She touches him. And the girl dies. Think about that. They're both locked in. What's interesting is that no one is mourning this woman. You, you go to the girl's house, and they're, they're mourning, and they've got paid mourners. And here's a woman who's walking around dead because she's been having an issue of blood, a period, for 12 years. She's unclean. She can't touch a man, so she can't get married. Because she can't get married, she has no way to support herself. She can't go to the synagogue. She can't go to temple. She can't be with other people. We've got a dead woman who's been walking around for 12 years. The, that image, you know, the, there's so much in that image. She sneaks up behind Jesus, and she actually touches his tzitzit, which are the little fringes that hang off his prayer shawl that he wears all the time. Every letter in Hebrew is a number. And so there are little knots in the tzitzit. I didn't bring mine tonight, but there are little knots. And those knots represent four letters. Yud, He, Vav, He. Now, if you're Jewish, you know immediately what I just said. Yud, He, Vav, He. That's the name of God. So the woman came up behind Jesus, and she grabbed hold of the name of God. And in that moment, we can learn so much about this because there was, a, there was an encounter. Her faith activated the faith, the power of God, and it flowed into her, and she was healed. And at that moment, the little girl died. It's a frontal assault. Sometimes when we get healed, things shift in our lives. It's amazing. Um, you know, I pray for a lot of people, and sometimes you pray for someone, and they have an encounter with God, and they have a healing, and it has like a residual effect. And you never know what you're really doing, what's really happening. And that's what's happening here in this story is that Jesus has made a frontal assault for the kingdom. And two people were freed. There was something that had bound those two women, this girl and the, and the woman. They were both freed. It caused the little girl to die. But, you know, the amazing thing with Jesus is when somebody dies, it's not a problem. And, and, and the little girl came back to life. You know, we all have these places we, where God needs to make a frontal assault into our lives. 
and, and, and you're stuck. You get stuck. The only way you can get unstuck is to grab hold of the tzitzit, of the, of the name of God. And, and she took that huge risk. There's so much risk in it. We're in a, an amazing season. Um, I found, I've been cleaning out my, reorganizing my office and going through papers. And found a stack of papers this thick, and it was prophetic words God had given me 10 years ago for the United States. <coughs> and we're in an amazing season. You know, all week, this week, I've been sick all week, pretty much. And um, so I've had a lot of time to just sit and be miserable and suffer and cough, have headaches, take aspirin. And, um, and so, you know, when you're, when you're sitting like that, you start to say, well, Lord, what are, you, what are you saying? What are you doing? What's going on? And the Lord keeps saying, get ready for revival. The Lord keeps saying that, get ready for revival. And uh, I'm like, well, we've been doing that for a long time. <laughs> We're ready. We're ready. No. <clears throat> but he started reminding me of things, and I found these, this pile of papers. And it's like we've suffered at the hands of, of many physicians. My friend... Uh, Steve Witt, who's a pastor in Cleveland, Ohio, I met, I ran into him. It was very strange. I, went, I was staying in a bed and breakfast in Bath in England. And it was this very posh place, and there was this rose garden. So imagine this, a rose garden, a tea out in the rose garden. I mean, it was just amazing. And the woman who owned the place said, oh, you're an American. Well, we have an American pastor here. I'm sure that you might know him. And I said, yeah, right, I would know an American pastor. Well, it turned out it was Steve and Cindy Witt, who were from Cleveland, and I used to be from Cleveland, and I had worked with them because I worked for this church that did big conferences. So they were people I actually really did know and so had worked for, actually. So I'm sitting here having breakfast, and Steve Witt and I are talking about life. And he says, you know, we're in between renewals. And he was really down about it. But, you know, I've been through four major moves of God in my lifetime. It's kind of far out when you think about it. And, um, and you know when a move of God is, <clears throat> you know when a move of God is coming, and you know when a move of God is kind of crested and, and you know, on the way out. And, w and we're in one of those seasons where some you've been through some big things. And uh, it reminded me of um, this word that was in this pile of papers, and it was about three waves. And some of you have heard me say this before, or have heard, heard me around, that um, it was, when was the Todd Bentley thing, Lisa? 2009? 2009. <coughs> Had to be 2009. Or was it 2008? 2009. Had to be 2009, because I was here. And uh, the Todd Bentley thing happened. And at the end of the Todd Bentley thing, 
<clears throat> I was praying, and the Lord showed me a group of people who were at the beach. And there was this little wave that came up, and people were playing in the wave. And then the wave crested, and everybody went home because it was stopped. They couldn't play anymore. And I thought, well, that's really interesting. And then the next wave I saw went started in the west of the United States. And it looked like the beginning of the wave at, in Hawaii 5-0, that perfect curl, you know, that hang 10 curl. You could surf on that wave. And there was this wave that was coming across the United States. And I saw lots of people surfing on the wave. Lots of people surfing on the wave. And it went for a long time. And then it's, it kind of kept going. But then I heard this, this sound, <coughs> this low, low rumble sound. That's the nice thing about being a musician, you know, you can make your own, make your own sound effects. Um, so, um, and I heard this, this, this shaking under the ground. And what I saw were ancient wells that opened up and a vertical wall of water stood up and it started to move. And it wasn't a nice thing. It was a frightening thing. <laughs> and there were people standing on top of it. But everywhere that this, and I heard in big, a big noise, and I heard this sound, tsunami. Tsunami. And that wave that was coming from the west that was that perfect curl, just went right into it. And it was a wall of water, and it just broke up. And there were people riding that wave who, who were able to jump up from that wave and onto this other thing. But most of the people weren't, didn't. But the thing about this wall of water was that it started to move, and it was moving east to west. As it moved, it changed the terrain. It changed every place that it went. And those who got in the way of the wave were crushed under it. And I saw churches, and I saw institutions, and I saw people. I saw the landscape completely change. So <clears throat> the Lord gave me that word in 2009, 2008, 2009. I'm convinced now that that second wave was Bethel. The first wave represented Todd Bentley, which was about six, lasted about six weeks, Lakeland. And then the second wave that came out of that, after that, has been Bethel. But the Bethel wave is crested. And, uh, um, and you know, people, some of you might be upset that I said that, but, but um, you can't, God is not, God is not, uh, sentimental. 
And if you don't understand that, you know, prophetic people need to know this, and, and everybody needs to know this. God is not, I'm sure the people watching on Facebook is going to be hate mail. But, um, but no, no, really. I got, I got hate mail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Miles is like, thanks a lot. Now you shared your juju. But uh, no, no. Um, God is not sentimental. And these things come and they go. And some of them go last longer than others. Sometimes we move on momentum. And sometimes we touch the glory. Sometimes we touch the glory. You know, Bob Jones, God bless him. Do you know who Bob Jones was? Some of you know who Bob Jones was. I know you know who Bob Jones was. Bob Jones, God bless him. You know, I remember one time he, I watched him um, chastise a group of pastors. And he told them that they had touched the glory and that stopped a move of God. And there's a lot of ways to touch the glory. Those people, they had, one of the things that they had done is they'd figured out how to make money off it and, and were trying to split up the profits. <coughs> but that's one of many ways to touch the glory. Um, but, you know, sometimes things are for a purpose, and sometimes things are for set up, you know, set things up for other things. You know, so, you know, I like I said, I've lived through four major moves of God in my lifetime. Um, and, and once you get touched by one, you want more. You run from one to another. You know, hopefully, you always have to step, you always have to keep moving. You know, just like Jesus, he, he went, he got on the boat, and he kept moving. You know, even in this, this story where he, he kept moving, he was on his way to the little girl. Even with this moment with the woman, he kept moving because the Lord is always moving. We can't set up shop someplace. The Lord's about to do something new. The Lord's about to do something new, and it's going to be crazy. And, you know, I've had some, in our ministry, we've seen, a, we've seen little glimpses of it. Because he's about, he's calling those who are broken. He's calling those that the church doesn't know how to handle. He's calling those that, um, you know, have a lot of shame. Or have been rejected. Um, and you have to make a place. And they're just like that woman. Here, hey, Joe, come up here. Come up here. Please, shouldn't be. Hey, you, come here. No. Um, Joe's wearing the prayer shawl, and just hold up the, your knots of our, are out of it. The, that's, what, that's what the woman touched, was the, the, those threads. And um, thank you. Exhibit A. Um, you, may be, you may return to your seat. You can all touch Joe's seat seat now. Um, <coughs> but, uh, you know, she took a big risk. She touched, she touched the hem of his garment. And she was expecting him, like all the other religious people, and like all the physicians and everything, she was waiting for that moment when she would have been told, you touched the big guy, 
you're dirty, get out of here. We're going to have a lot of dirty people in our midst soon. And soon, yeah, uh, present company ex included. Um, we're going to have some dirt. And, and, and there, the, the old, we, do, we don't know what the rules are going to be yet. We don't know what the rules are going to be yet. The, the, the policy manual has been written. We're going to have to figure it out. But I know this much. I know that the Bethel rules aren't going to apply. The Toronto rules aren't going to apply. The, you know, the third wave rules aren't going to apply. The charismatic renewal rules aren't going to apply. The Pentecostal rules even aren't going to apply. God's doing a new thing. It's already begun. You can tell. There's a, there's a, even as we were worshiping, there was uh, the, the, that electricity was in the air. I knew it. And we're having it at my apartment. You know, when we lead, when I lead worship at my apartment, we're having it when with two or three people. God is about to do something. So I'm, that was really all I had to share. Um, I did have a sense tonight that I needed to do individual prophetic ministry with people. Um, but we can do that at the end and uh, instead of a prayer time. Um, so, um, but would you like to be Miles? We didn't do anything at the beginning. Okay. <laughs> I like this. This is like Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> almost. It's almost. It's more like uh, David Letterman. I'm like Paul. Right. <laughs> we need to get you some funky glasses. Oh, I've got funky glasses. <laughs> uh, just, just a couple things. It was really, really. Oh my God. <laughs> Those are Paul Schaefer glasses. <laughs> um, just on the note on. What I felt like what Chris had to say was really, really, it's it's a now word. Mm -hmm. And uh, just something that I, I think back, and it probably was about the same time, it was about 2008, and I had, okay, I had a distinct dream, Callie, mm. and it was a vision, but usually I don't have dreams, I have night visions, that's just what I'll say they are, but <coughs> it was 2010, something like that but this and i i didn't know at the time what the lord was showing me but he was showing me the new move of god mm -hmm. and i was in an amphitheater with three people well two people including me one was todd bentley oh, yeah. the other was william branham mm -hmm. and myself and todd were and i were talking and the guy came up from behind and began to speak and all of a sudden, we saw this orb. And I believe, I believe William Branham re was representative of a healing movement and the signs, wonders movement, and the, and the prophetic with the signs mm -hmm. and wonders movement. But I saw this, um, this crazy orb 
that I recognized to be the glory of God. Mm. But it, what happened was it, it almost looked mechanical, but it kept moving and changing. And really, this is what you're talking about, I think, is that we cannot... Mm. It was an orb, it was round, so you cannot put God in a box. Right. And it keeps moving. It's not going to look the same. And it kept interchanging and changing form mm -hmm. because you'll never... And it was the freakiest looking thing I've ever seen. It would have looked like something that you'd see in Transformers or something mm -hmm. like that. It was just very mechanical and very illuminated. But I, I felt like that's what the Lord's word to me was. Of course, I didn't figure that out till two years later. <laughs> so really, what we're sitting in is where the electricity is in the air. And sometimes things do move on momentum. Mm -hmm. And I feel like tonight what you brought and, you know, we're low on numbers tonight, but that's okay. It doesn't matter because who's here. You're responsible now for what you've, you've received. And I believe you've received something of impartation and word um, to move you into expectancy and more preparation, mm -hmm. right? Because God wants us to be ready. He wants, doesn't want us sitting in our old place expecting something to look like it did. Even, let's just go back here mm -hmm. nine months ago mm -hmm. okay because this place is looking completely different than it did nine months ago and it's f honestly freaking me out because i'm like okay now what but we need to be prepared mm -hmm. for the next move and the next wave because it's not going to even look like it may have some symptoms of what we've had in the past right the glory right. of the lord I expect the glory, I expect right, the right. weighty electricity, like even yeah. we felt tonight there was just this peace and a mm -hmm. presence in this place, and there still is now, mm -hmm. that we move with the cloud, but we can't ignore shift and change. Right. Because right. As, as humans, we don't like change and we don't like shift. Just keep it going the way it's going, and we'll just do it. Mm -hmm. and, I, and, you know, that right. even that ready will get in trouble all over Facebook, but that whole thing in, in Lakeland was marketing. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. telling you, I walked in there and I'm like, wow. And not criticizing, I believe, because I, I was there, well, tw I was know, there I, twice. But, but, you know, part of it is, just, just to fill that in, you know, is that some of this is our church culture. It's true. And there have been moves of God. There have been moves of God where that's a component. Yes. But, and part of sometimes a move of God that gets move forward through some of that that's stuff. That's right, that's right. And that, that's what mm, I was going to say. But, but, the Lord, but right now, the Lord is saying, you are not making money off me. Right. You are not going to sell me. Right. You are not going to build a record company out of me. Right. You're, or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Right. All right, here's more hate. Right, now. that's but, okay. No, but it's all good, and it's not any criticism or hate no, against no, no. any it's move. Just what I totally honored mm, what happened right. in Lakeland. I went there. My right. kids got blasted there. Right. It was the real deal. And then when I went the second time, I could feel it was a bigger, bigger thing, mm -hmm. bigger um, venue. Right. But something changed. Right. And you could feel it, and it was tangible. And what I'm saying to you is, doesn't matter how many of the masses are there, right. when God's there, that's where you want to be. Absolutely. And so that's what we believe for in this, you know, in, in New England, because I feel like in New England, we're distinct for having pockets. Mm-hmm. Pockets, yeah. pockets, pockets <laughs> of what God's doing because it's just the way the culture is. Right. And um, so anyway, if you want to just do, if you had some words for people and whatever. 
you want to do, yeah. uh, we can just go from there. But All right. let, yeah. we, let's just pray on that, okay? Father, we just mm -hmm. thank you. Uh, we thank you, Lord. We ask that even those who, are, who may be even viewing on online, Father, we just thank you that your Holy Spirit is moving in our midst, Father, tonight. We thank you for what's about to come, what we're already in, what we're moving into. And, Father, we receive more. And, Lord, just prepare hearts, Father, all over New England, all over the nations, Father, for the wave of what you're about to bring for the wall that's already upright and about to move with that sound that comes from heaven. We thank you, Father, for a release of your, of your plans, your purposes tonight, but we thank you for the release of fresh oil and fresh revival, Lord, fresh expectancy mm -hmm. for you to begin to move in ways you haven't moved before. And so we open ourselves up. Lord, we thank you that it could be messy. We receive the mess. Mm -hmm. We receive the mess. We receive those who, the whosoevers that may come through the doors, Father, we just prepare our hearts to receive all that. And, Father, we thank you that you use, you use individuals, mm -hmm. but I believe in the coming days you're going to use teams and, 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 and just a, a collaboration of apostolic and prophetic movement to, uh, to just to be moving all over the earth. And we thank you that that's already happening, that it's already being done. And we love you, Father. We thank you. Mm -hmm. We bless you. Lord, open our hearts to what you want to do in these moments. In Jesus' name.